from the Beacon Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina, Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engine. 20 years of trying, 20 years of frustration. Dale Earnhardt will come to the caution flag to win the Daytona 500. Here is your racing team for today. Show producer Ronnie Black. Local action from winning car builder and owner Alan Hill. Track reporter and racing insider Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. Gentlemen, start your And good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg on a bright, sunny Saturday morning from the Beacon Drive-In Studios. Good morning, Greg. Good morning, Perry. How you doing, buddy? Doing better. Doing a lot better. We got some better weather. And uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah, we finally quit raining. That's the biggest thing. I had a couple of things need to be done around departments, and you can't, people don't tend to lay brick in rain, not, when it's, not like a tornado rain, I mean, but. Uh, it's good weather. It's a good sign. I think everything's getting a little bit better in the country and in racing. We saw some good races, and I'm even feeling better. Well, good. Alan, how you doing this morning? Uh, doing good, gentlemen. Glad yep. to be here today. Coming in here doing your homework. Doing a little bit of homework. Got a little bit to do here. Well, that's all right. Things are picking up. Uh, of course, uh, not to disagree with you, but there's some real problems in the country here and there. But we're trying to get everybody's mind off of the bad stuff and, and talk about racing. And uh, um, as far as the virus and the riots and everything, that's just uh, that's just way off to to something we don't even need to go there. So uh, we're going to keep it on racing and try to get your mind off all the other stuff. And uh, we've had a lot of racing, been some pretty good racing too. Uh, I think one of the best things about it was that I won for the first time since 2017. Uh, I might have won in 2018. I'm not sure. But I know I didn't win last year. You was given one. I'll take it. I don't know why. With a fast car that man had, why his crew chief said, let's pit with two laps left to go. Well, you know, everybody, uh, that's the question on everybody's <laughs> lips. <laughs> yeah, you, I don't know. And... uh as soon as he did it, the first thing I thought of was that uh, he's counting on another caution flag. Because if they had had another caution flag, and we're talking about uh, Chase Elliott in the uh, in the 600, where he had the thing in his back pocket. Uh, it led the last, I think, uh, they said he took the lead with 37 laps to go or something like that. It was a long way. And he was cruising uh, to, a, to a pretty... A substantial, uh, he had a good lead there and was going to win the 600 and uh, his teammate of all people William Byron spun out in the first turn with a, I guess he had a flat tire and they um, had to go to a green white checker but I tell you when he uh, when he went into pits you know I said oh man I would have uh, and that wasn't Elliot's call that was Gustafson the crew chief right Greg? Yep, you're correct. And uh, I, I keep reading the paper where Elliot decided to pit. Well, Elliot didn't decide to pit. Elliot was told to pit, but he um, he came down and he got two tires. And of course, 
a couple of people followed him, but but not Keselowski and not Jimmy Johnson and not so many other ones. And as soon as he did it, you know, I said to my, you know, uh, he's got to be counting on there being another green-white checker because he's not going to get back up there in time. And if there had been another green-white checker, I believe he would have made it. But, I mean, how do, how do you feel about that, Greg? If you've got the lead, you know, with two laps to go, just stay out there and let them make a pit stop and see if they can get back to the front. I've always said that. Uh, but that was before the green-white caution. And the, the, the you know, these guys that are really used to that, which I still haven't get used to segment racing, um, if if a lot of crashes have been going on and racing is always when it's good, like NASCAR, it's pretty much dog-eat-dog. Dog, it's real competitive, let's put it that way. Uh, when you throw the green-white checker, haven't we seen a lot of these races get restarted? What was it? I think the record like three times. Or yeah, something. and that's what he was counting on. I, I yeah. think that's what he was counting on, that they'd have to do it more than once. Right. So we, but it didn't work. Yeah. Exactly, Perry. And we can't really blame that, that group of people. But but how you can bet, and I've done it several times, uh, is you got two laps to go. And I remember down there with Morgan Shepard with two laps to go. We didn't have a green-white caution. And I could tell the thing was losing a head gas. It was still running real good. And come time to pit, by the time the caution, it was going to be two laps to go. Where Earnhardt was behind us, I told Eddie, I said, at least let him have to pass us because we were the second-place car all day long. I remember that was at Atlanta, right? Right. But, you know, make these calls, it's tough to make a call when you got a green-white, but... I sure like the idea with two laps to go. Sometimes I got to pass me. Yeah. I mean, that, that's just. I've got it. You take it. Yeah, I got it. And uh, if you're going to run over me or whatever, that's fine. But I'm going to be making my car about 30 feet wide. <laughs> that's right. What do you think about that, Alan? I agree with him. Uh, I believe if I'd have been chased whenever that crew chief told me to pit, I'd say, uh, uh, what? What'd you say? Go right on by. <laughs> That, radio trouble. Yeah. Because if you look, if you looked earlier in the race, Joey Logano stayed out and he led something like thirty laps on old tires. And went ahead, you know. So I mean that was a you know, I can understand this green white checker whenever you had a place like Daytona and Talladega where you know that big one's going because they can't get away from each other. But when you go to a mid mid, you know, mile and a half racetrack, I can't really see that caution coming out that at, at, at the end. Well, it could have, but it didn't. It could have. So, uh, but anyway, that's why we watched because we don't know what's going to happen. And it was a, uh, it was interesting anyway. Um, that was Sunday night where uh, actually they they had another rain delay, so a six hundred mile race didn't get started till late, and it so it ran late. But it was a good race. And uh, what about that at the beginning of the race? Now, Greg, when Hamlin had all that ballast and that extra weight to make them, you know, make the cars meet the minimum weight, fell out on the racetrack. I mean, that was, I've seen some stuff, but i never seen that one before. And, of course, his car chief, his crew chief, and two other people got suspended four races for that. And he lost eight laps getting it repaired right at the beginning of the race. And for he had 600 miles to race and was never in it. Well, somebody didn't tighten a boat. I mean, that's no ifs, ands, or about it. And that stunned me. Now, the ruling with ballast, I think he's supposed to use lead. Instead of tungsten, call the cost and everything. Well, they said it but, was tungsten. Oh, yeah, tungsten. Very yeah. highly expensive, and it's, it's so many percentage 
point heavier than lead. I hadn't seen anything like that. The only time I ever saw anything like that was some uh, uh, ballpoint lead coming out of a frame, but it was kind of designed to do that. Yeah. Seen that, but that was stunning. I mean, somebody just flat was told by somebody to do something, and somebody didn't do something. I mean, that's just that simple. It wasn't a very good move regardless who did what or who didn't what. Just as soon as Denny Hamlin hit pit road, if I'd been NASCAR, I'd have told them, I said, I want an official down there, and I want to see if that boat's still in that frame reel. Because don't get me wrong, you know sometimes these cars come to the skills after the race, they'd be light. How they get that lid out of there, I don't know, but that means that that lid was just sitting somewhere, and somebody was supposed to turn their back, and uh, that lid was supposed to come off before it went out on the racetrack. Yeah. That is highly possible. That is highly possible. <laughs> I have seen that. You have to. It's a nice Pocono, Pocono, whenever you used to push your car for half a mile to get all the way up there, you know how you used to have to push it all the way around back in between the garage? And somehow or another, the cars, if you was to put your set of scales out there whenever they come on pit road, they got light somewhere between inspection and getting around through there. Yeah. Yeah. That's like Pop Ergo. That was yeah. had, a, had a cooler in the thing. It weighed, it had 100 pound, 150 pounds of lead in it. All right, for the race, he'd go over there to Weddle and said, We got we to fill Pop Ergo, big man, get this cooler. Get this cooler filled up. Well, when he put the cooler back in it, that 150 pounds of lead wasn't in it. And he was the only one strong enough to pick up the cooler. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> been one of the rest of them that had noticed it on, but he, pick, he could pick that thing up and had a good strap on it. And he went over there. Filled the cooler up. Well, if you're strong enough, you can do something like that. I've seen, you know, how drivers take and tape their earplugs into their uh, ears before they put the helmet on. I've seen a roll of gray duct tape. It was laying on the dash. I know it weighed 30 pounds. And it had gray tape right around the outside of it, and it still looked like gray tape. Was that, was that y'all? No. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, strangely, we uh, had some gray tape. It seemed like it laid up there sometimes. But I think I think when they really caught it, it was. Uh, I, I think it might have been Junior's car, Brewer's car. But well, yeah. I tell you what, your daddy told me, Greg, uh, when we wrote that book. That uh, now I don't remember which driver it was, but it was in the Trans Am series with the Mustangs. That somebody had a lead helmet, and the helmet, you know, was just it looked like a helmet, but it was solid lead. And they said, the, you know, if you left it inside the car, nobody would mess with your helmet. I mean, that was like personal property. You just don't mess with the helmet. And uh, and it weighed about 100 pounds. That's and, true. Uh, and, uh, of course, when the driver would get in there, he'd pass the heavy helmet out and get, get his lightweight one yeah. that he was going to use. And, uh, oh, that's been, they've been playing with weights for a long time. And uh, But that, that was... Uh, that was pretty shocking, and you know that official ran out there, or track cleaner or whatever, and tried to pick that thing up, and he was going to grab it with one hand and run off, and he couldn't. Even, he was the one to hit the ground, not the helmet. He couldn't even. <laughs> he, he couldn't even pick it up. That was so heavy. But uh, so that was the six hundred, and we're we're going to touch some more on that, and uh, and a lot of other races we had this week. We had another five hundred k that was run Thursday. And we had a truck race and an Xfinity race, but uh, you got us a guest today, uh, Greg. Who you got for us? Well, we got we got two two good ones. We got the uh, Hall of Famer, one of the greatest engine builders of all time, went in the Hall of Fame last year, uh, Mr. Waddell Wilson, 
And anybody in NASCAR in a lot of racing knows who he is. And uh, at 11 o'clock, we're going to talk to the head PR man in Atlanta. And um, he's, Brandon Hutchison. Brandon Hutchison. And he he's sort of taking the place of Ed. Ed, not totally, Ed Clark's not totally out of the picture, but he's one of them getting schooled up because Ed's like the rest of us. Of course, Ed's only 65, and I'm 63, but uh, he's going to be a good talk. He's, he's going to really be a good talk. So looking forward to him and really looking forward to both of them. Well, Atlanta has had so much trouble with uh, really their position in the schedule. And, and it seems like they've always, I mean, ever since the 60s, early 60s, been haunted by rain and bad weather. So let's let's hope that uh, that they don't have trouble like that. They That race is going to be a week from this Sunday. Of course, this Sunday they're at Bristol. And the uh, Xfinity guys were supposed to run today, but when that race got rained out Wednesday at Charlotte and they had to run it Thursday, they said Fox did not have enough time to get their equipment moved from Charlotte to Bristol and get it set up. So the Xfinity race will be Monday, Monday night. So uh, nothing today. i tell you what's today. i tell you what you need to watch at 322 if everything's on time. As those two guys are going to blast off into space. That, and that, that private, private, uh, uh, or not a government vehicle, but a, a, a privately funded, uh, what, Elon Musk uh, rocket. It's called a Falcon or something. I can't remember the name of it. But uh, it got postponed from last week. And that's going to be, uh, I think that was going to be Wednesday, but it's going to be uh, today at 322. And they did say the weather was clear. And. I wondered what they were doing, but you got to remember we lost a space shuttle. We got the International Space Station up there, and they're looking for a way. Instead of the Soviets keep sending the Soyuz up there, they've had for years, which is an excellent vehicle. Uh, they go see. It, 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 you would think that just docking a vehicle in orbit would be easy, but they're having to start from scratch again and getting this one. And I hope it goes real well. Well, I think the hard part here is getting it off the ground. I mean, once they get up, you know, that's a whole new set of problems. But uh, this thing is, uh, I'm used to seeing those American rockets, you know, that are big and fat and powerful looking. And with that, uh, that um, what do you call the thing, the Discovery or whatever, you, you know, the the space shuttle. I yeah, get it out. Space I mean, shuttle. The space the shuttle. Sit, gun coming off. Yeah, sit, sitting up on the top of it. But, you know, now this thing is a... It's sleek. It looks like a pencil or something, like a missile. And it's uh, that little space cabin up at the top of it. It's got a, sort of a oval shape. I mean, it's a different thing. And the, the astronauts are wearing those uh, sleek uniforms that don't have all the tubes and stuff hanging off of them. And uh, it's just, uh, we haven't been in space in nine years. I mean, we haven't launched our own vehicle in nine years. We send people up, like you said, with the Russians all the time, but uh, or frequently. But this is a this is a different thing, and I'm I'm gonna get off the lawnmower and be inside to watch it. I hope they I hope it comes off on time without a hit. I do too, and it actually is designed to hold three people, but only two people are going up in it now. Now, if they make it, I don't know if they're gonna trade off any people. I think they're supposed to, but they on paper they got everything right with all the technology. But uh, like I say, we ain't put nobody up there in a while. This country does everything in the world usually the best, but I'm going to be interested in that and praying for the guys. And, uh, so you get up there at the space station, and, you know, that, that that's, a, that's a good deal. What do you say, 320? 322. And um, another thing, these guys, 
just happen to be best friends. Uh, maybe like sending me and you up there, Greg. Well, at least we could turn around <laughs> and say, well, this is it. But uh, they've been friends for a long time, and uh, they, uh, it's, from what I understand, one of those situations where one of them starts a sentence and the other one can finish it for him. They're uh, they're so tight. So uh, that'll be interesting to see. I, it's not exactly racing, but it's it's a space race, and it's I think it counts. I don't <laughs> mean count it, it today anyway. That's right. I, I don't mean it's in a bad way, but if being you was doing it, man, you sort of figure we expendable. I wouldn't want to go up there with my wife sitting next to me. Well, or you know what I'm saying, or, or somebody else. But if, if you got two guys sitting up there and they look and said, "Well, that's it, boys." You know what was it, Lovell in the movie? You know the the the, the German guy. You know he, they put the shoulder harness in and he goes, "Puts it up." Said, "You're all set, Jim." Well, that's like it used to be putting a race car in years ago. Put that driver in. You didn't really 100 percent know if that driver's going to come back. Well, when they do it in them things. They really don't know. They hope to. Well, let me tell you something scary. I just left my shop while ago, and my driver's talking about changing springs. And I'm not there. You need to leave? <laughs> uh, he's talking about changing springs. Just go over and race tonight, because we're going to race tonight at Cherokee Speedway. Uh, let me correct you on one thing, though. Alan, uh, your driver's won a lot of races, not to mention your son-in-law. Yeah. And he's worked with you building them cars. I believe he won't change the springs a little bit with these tracks. And y'all won so many races. It's good that y'all might discuss it a little bit, but uh, it, you, you both got to talk about it. So he, he might be making a real good move. Okay, we're up against the break here. Uh, I, I did neglect to mention that Ronnie Black, still a member of our cast, absolutely. He's uh, texted me here saying that uh, Musk's rocket also does a soft landing with retro rocket. So uh, that's uh, we'll see how that all works out. But uh, Ronnie's out there listening. Ronnie, feel free to call in probably uh, in the second hour because we're getting pretty full up here. But we're going to take a break and come back and talk to Waddell Wilson. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. When John B. White Sr. opened the Beacon Drive-In in 1946, he probably couldn't have imagined email, the internet, or heck, even Morgan Square having a fountain. But I'll bet you Mr. White always envisioned the Beacon offering great food and tremendous service. And now, 70 years later, that tradition continues. You can't count on everything, but Spartanburg has always counted on the Beacon Drive-In for 70 years. That's decades of plenty. The Beacon, where the food is always good since 1946. Speedy Lube and Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway, and Inman lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Fox Sports 1400 now has an app. Like mozzarella sticks? No, it's an app for your phone. My phone is hungry? Okay. 
So for the rest of you, download the Fox Sports 1400 app today with our elite audio text line. Just search Fox Sports 1400 in Google Play or the App Store. Download our app today by searching Fox Sports 1400. Man, I need a new car, but I have no idea where to look. Have you tried Impex Pre-Owned at Bowling Springs? Pre-Owned? I'm not looking for something with lots of mileage on it. That's why you need to go to Impex Pre-Owned, because they have a huge selection of new model cars and trucks with low mileage. Well, that sounds great, but i got to stick to my budget. And that's another reason why you need to check out Impex Pre-Owned. New model cars with low mileage mileage at thousands less than you'll find anywhere else. Call Yvette today at 864-327-9297 or check out impexpreown.com. Impex Pre-Owned. Quality used cars made easy. Get ready for a slam dunk during the Nissan Now Seals event at Greer Nissan. It's Markdown Madness and you'll score big with huge savings and low payments on all your favorite Nissan models. Get in the zone in an all new 2020 Nissan Citra for only $129 per month. Take your pick. You can drive a 2020 Nissan Altima or Rogue for only $199 per month. Or score a new Titan pickup and save up to 30% off. Get big savings on our large selection of used vehicles too. And if you need credit, come and get it. Bench those high payments and slam dunk on savings during the Nissan Now Sales event at Greer Nissan today. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Come see us on Wade Hampton Boulevard or shop online at GreerNissan.com. Call 864-479-1197 for more details. Are you sick of all the cookie-cutter, boring barbershops? If so, you need to visit the Ironsburg Barber Company in Hillcrest Shopping Center. At the Ironsburg Barber Company, professionalism and customer service is their top priority. Owner A.J. West makes sure that every customer gets exactly the haircut they want when they sit in his chair. So if you want to get your hair cut like you like it and in a fun, man-cave-like environment, then give A.J. a call at 864-466-5289. The Ironsburg Barber Company offers military and first responder discounts, and everyone is always welcome, even Clemson fans. First-time visitors mention this ad and get $5 off. Call for an appointment today at 466-5289. The Elite Audio Text Line is open via the Fox Sports 1400 app. Download it now by searching Fox Sports 1400, either at the Apple Store or via Google Play. And welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, 1400 AM. And it's my great pleasure to welcome the most recent inductee into the NASCAR Hall of Fame, Waddell Wilson. Good morning, Waddell. Good morning. Well, like, like I say, Waddell, you went in uh, the most recent class. The only thing was, uh, me and Perry thought you'd go in two or three classes earlier. But I remember we was at the place, we were signing books, and we told us, you going in. We had a little bit of an inside line, but you should have done being in. But tell us, tell us a little about uh, just some background stuff. I was fascinated, me and you talking on the telephone the other day, where y'all built for several years. I'd like to know who the, the three or four people was back in Fred Lindsay's day, and 500 motors a year is unreal. Yeah, that was in 65, uh, and they was only four of us really building engines. And the normal day was 8 in the morning to 10 at night. And that was build them and dyno them and, you know, put them back in a crate to ship them or either the guys that race teams and come pick them up, whichever. And then on the weekend, we was at the racetrack, you know, with the race car. We didn't run all the races back then. We didn't do that until 68 and 69 with David Pearson when Ford Motor Company sent us out for the championship with him. So you were, uh, uh, this is the days at Hallman Moody. Oh, yeah. And, and did, 
Now, am I mistaken? Or did y'all build other engines other than for stock cars? I mean, did, did you build boats and sports cars and m- maybe even a, try some indie stuff, or was it all stock cars? Uh, no, we built an engine boat. You know, Holman was a big boat enthusiast. Ralph, uh, he didn't care nothing about the boats at all. But we did build engine for boats to run that Miami, Nassau run, different places around the U.S. They raced those boats. But we built also some midget engines and different things, you know, just whatever comes through the door. But 99% of the time, it was NASCAR's engines, period. Now, you, uh, since you mentioned Miami just now, and, and I, I was born and raised here in Spartanburg, but spent a lot, 15 years down there, you you had spent a lot of time in Miami. What did you work for Cummings Diesel or something down there? Yeah, when I left after I graduated from Nice Flotone Diesel College, I ended up in Miami. I first worked at Central Truck Lines, and then and then I switched to Cummings Diesel and built engines for them. I don't remember how long. And that's when I had my own old race car, raced at Terry Highly of Speedway and Palmetto and Hollywood, and then finally wrecked and tore it up. And, <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. So I quit. <laughs> I quit. That's when I quit my racing. I loved it, though. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that when I read last night that you raced at Hialeah. When I was down there, uh, they didn't have too many races out at Hialeah anymore, but I did see some. And, uh, um, yeah, a lot of a lot of people cut their teeth there, like the I think the Allisons and uh, Red Farmer, Bobby Johns. A lot of famous guys came out of Hialeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, even Banjo Matthews. Banjo Matthews. run at times. You know, Pee Wee Griffiths was there. There's a lot of big name drivers that, that started out of there. That, you know, and it was an amazing time to see all those guys that were modified. Yeah, that is fascinating. But what else? Uh, we got we got we got a pretty good bit of time. But you got so many stories of winning races, and I've said this time and time again. What else? Cars had a bad habit of handling down the straightaway. <laughs> If you know what I mean, and if the driver got through the corner, uh, you 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 finished. But uh, one of the things was about the the Kale running the first two hundred, and we know did run two hundred three. This is back in eighty three. The next lap, because we had man, you talked about this years and years ago, uh, and y'all went and got the backup car. Tell me, tell me that, that story briefly. Well, you know, when we were in the wind tunnels that winter at GM, and they figured on the, you know, the drag numbers we had on the car in the wind tunnel and then the horsepower that we had, and they said then that the car had run 203. And the year before, when Benny Parsons at Talladega was the first one to break 200 miles there, and we wanted to be the first ones at Daytona. And then when we come to the racetrack, you know, 45 flat with 200 miles there. And Kale was out there. That was the first time we'd worked together, but we'd known each other since the Homer Moody days. And he was he was sandbagging, but I was used to Buddy Baker and Bobby Austin. You know, third lap of the racetrack, you knew what you had. Well, Kale was out there running 45, 70s, and 80s. wasn't even close to 200 miles there. Finally, he told me, he said, well, there ain't nothing wrong with this race car. And I'm thinking, why is it so slow? I pulled my hair out at night at the motel thinking how am I get that car to go faster he said I've never been in nothing this fast he said it's got enough horsepower down the back stretch there's a couple of bumps there he said that thing spins the wheels it goes over them bumps <laughs> I remember that he said don't you touch the race car leave it alone 
we go out there to qualify, and you could really have towed the spoiler off the car and took it off because it didn't really have a lot of effect. And that had a notch back, so it had lift to start with. It showed that in the wind tunnel. We knew that. But, Kel, I had to win. I had to... I had it down at uh, the spoiler down to 20 degrees, and he punched it on down some more Kel did. He must have made it 10 degrees, and it was no effect then. But the first lap, he run 4470-something. And the next lap, you know, the guys in the tire were jumping up and down and said, you know, broke 200 mile there, and that guy that was timing it told me about it. He said, well, you guys think that's something. He's on a clip 9203. Mm, and that's, that's what the car should yeah. run. And, but anyway... But he had also told me when he went into turn three space, he said, it's like you holding me to me trying to thread it. <laughs> the car got loose, you know, he just, he tried to chase it up the hill, but it, it still, he seems on hit the wall, so he spun it out and actually got back on its roof. So anyway, Dick Beatty picked me up on pit road to pick up. We went up there and the car was sitting there. It was back on its wheels, that guy's staying there with it, one of the firemen said, well, he just wanted to know if he'd break 200 mile an hour. So I went in the care center, and he was in there. They were checking him over, and he looked up at me, and he said, well, you done everything right but one thing. that you didn't put the controls in so I could fly. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was he had an amazing guy to work with, but we come back in the garage, and the car was hurt pretty bad. And the first one got a hold of him was, Bill France Jr., he said, what else? If you'll fix that car, because they wanted to keep that time. They were, the first lap was already in the record book. And I said, you can stay here night and day, and we'll put a guard here with you. And then all you have to do is start the race on Thursday, and then you run two or three laps, come back in and finish whatever you need to do for the 500. And Harry Rainier, the owner, come over to me and said, well, if you want to do it, my jet's sitting out here. A guy from Calumet Farm said, well, my jet's out there. He can use it. Chevrolet from Detroit got in touch with me and said, anything you need from Chevrolet, we'll have it there in the morning. But I walked over to the guys and three of them was with Kel the year before with MC Anderson and Kel wanted to bring them on, so that was good. But anyway, they said, no. They looked at watch and said, we're going to be a happy hour in three hours, so we're not going to have enough new field in that race car. Or put him back together. So anyway, I remember Leonard Wood walked by me. He said, what in? He said, you're not going to fix that? He said, you'll always regret it. You've been on the pole now four years in a row, not counting now, and with different drivers, different cars, and you're going to break your, your record of string poles down here. And uh, But the funniest thing is what Junior Johnson said. He and one of his friends walked by, and his friend told me this years later, Junior looked at him and said, anything goes that fast, ought to turn over. <laughs> <laughs> it was running. I got to tell you, it was handling down straight away. Didn't you get the, didn't you get the uh, backup car? Yeah. The show well, car or something? I called my son, Greg, at the shop in Charlotte and told him to bring that car down there. We didn't have no way of hauling it. But uh, his friend had a pickup truck and he had a Saturday night dirt car. And they brought down in a pickup in the trailer and unloaded down there the next day. And we put it through inspection and qualified 195 is all we had, had out of it. But then with Kel's ability, you know, it was it hard to believe that he took that car and won the race with. Yeah, boy, I remember that like it was yesterday. And uh, 
What a great story. What else? Uh, uh, I got to ask you this. I mean, you're legendary. Obviously, you're in the Hall of Fame. And, and there's so many great engine builders uh, in the past, but you don't hear about them anymore. I mean, and I think it's something that's been lost from NASCAR with, uh, you know, with just the way the engines are handled and things these days. Uh, maybe you can enlighten me more if I'm missing something. But, you know, the Budmore, Runt, Pittman, I mean, I, there's a whole whole bunch of names that just flow off the top of my head that were engine builders. Uh, uh, I'm leaving out so many. And, and, of course, you were leading the pack. But you just don't hear the name of names of engine builders anymore. And I think that's a shame. Well, the, it changed. What they done is, you know, and it started Hendrick Motorsports. You know, they made an assembly line out of it. You know, one guy on a piston, one guy bouncing, one guy, you know, fit the rods. You know, it was just assembly line. It wasn't one guy like when I worked at Home of the Moody and up until I quit building engines. You know, you go get your parts and you prep them and you do everything yourself. You know, I didn't do the cellar is that many times but you know i've done the rest of it and you know then that went away and you know they just you know they tried to speed up the process of building engines and they, it did work yeah, yeah they, they but, did. but we lost a lot of personalities i'm sorry greg go no, ahead no, I, I didn't mean to no but uh i'm gonna tell you something about as far as putting a motor together and waddell had it, we talked about it a long time ago a little bit you don't want to tell everybody everything, but what he would do, like, and it come down to tightening bolts, like if you remember seeing Daryl in the shop, you know, going one bolt to the next and easing up on it, he had his son or one of the other guys tighten the same main bearing bolt to the same torque at the same time, so it would go, you know, it wasn't pulling on the block in one direction, and he checked all that stuff out. I mean, it, 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 went, it, it went beyond... Saturn was far as blueprint. I mean, it was just unbelievable. I remember uh, one of his sons brought some bearings over to him, and they'd run 500 miles, and they, they were perfect. But uh, Waddell was tedious and got the record to prove it. No doubt about it. Well, you know, there's, you know, people have asked me, you know, why don't we, I've seen to pop up a little better than some of the rest of them. And I always thought that I wasn't as good as the rest of them. And I worked very hard at trying to catch up what I was thinking, you know, to be as good as the rest of them. And, you know, working at home with Moody, we all went into the parts room and got our parts. And then you took your parts to your little room and you assembled the engine after they built the new building. The first building was a, an old World War II barracks. And when I went to work there, it was only 30-some of us. And, you know, we was a little... Very little space that we had to build those engines in. But anyway, I was always a perfectionist, and I didn't want to, no mistakes. And then at the end of 64 or 63, you know, Fireball was, I was on his car in 63, and in 64, Ralph Moody and Randy came to him and wanted me to be the jackman on the car. Well, I didn't know what it get leading into, what they wanted me to do was build their engine. So I ended up doing that and working with, uh, with Lorenzo. And, you know, I knew when I put that thing on the dyno, if it wasn't exactly what I thought it'd be, I'd take it apart if I had to stay on night and rebuild that engine. Because I didn't want, you know, Lorenzo fussing at me, and then I didn't want him to throw me off his race car, because he was on the picture, he got a little extra money. It wasn't much, but it was a little bit. Because when I was working at Home with Moody back then, 
I only made a dollar and a half in there, so anything would help. <laughs> I think I made a dollar half an hour when I left. But more of a... <laughs> uh, well, we're up against the clock here, and it's so great for you to come on. Uh, how has going into the Hall of Fame changed your life? I mean, are they a lot of, lot of pulling, and can you be here? Can you be there? Can you do this radio show? And uh, we certainly appreciate you coming on ours, but how has that changed your uh, your time? Well, now that they have us a lockdown, you can't do much of that. But That's I, true. Every day when I go to the mail, get to pick up the mail, you know, there's a lot of cards in there people send for me to sign them, and I'll always sign them and send them back. But, you know, like, you know, what an honor to get to go into the Hall of Fame because, you know, it's normally owners and drivers, not mechanics, especially more so than an engine builder. Right. But, you know, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate all the guys vote for me. And I appreciate God for giving me the ability to do it. Well, you certainly deserved it. I know, and I remember Greg's right. We told you you were going in. It might have been a year or two before you actually went in, but it was it was going to happen. And uh, stay good friends with Greg and keep keep with the phone number so we can know how to get in touch with you. And, and thank you so much for coming on the show every year. And uh, it's great talking to you. Well, thanks for having me, and anytime I'll be glad to. Thank you. You guys have a good day. Thank you so much, Waddell. Okay, and that's Waddell Wilson. I tell you what, Greg. We need to talk him again. Well, he's just the nicest guy in the world. Oh. All right, we're going to take a break here, and we're going to talk to the smartest guy in the world who proves it, and thanks for pointing that out last week, uh, um, Nelson Crozier. So let's take a break. We'll be back. You're listening to Start Your Engines. Frank's for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Frank's for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Frank's for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Frank's for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Frank's for the Memories 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Frank's for the Memories. Get ready for a slam dunk during the Nissan Now Sales event at Greer Nissan. It's Markdown Madness. And you'll score big with huge savings and low payments on all your favorite Nissan models. Get in the zone in an all-new 2020 Nissan Sentra for only $129 per month. Take your pick. You can drive a 2020 Nissan Altima or Rogue for only $199 per month. Or score a new Titan pickup and save up to 30% off. Get big savings on our large selection of used vehicles, too. And if you need credit, come and get it. Bench those high payments and slam dunk on savings during the Nissan Now Sales event at Greer Nissan today. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Come see us on Wade Hampton Boulevard or shop online at GreerNissan.com. Call 864-479-1197 for more details. Why waste your time hand-washing your car when you can get the job done in minutes at Pars Quality Car Wash in Boiling Springs? Experience one of their excellent car washes today. Don't let crumbs, bugs, dirt, and other particles interrupt your car's overall appearance. Other car washes just basically rinse off your car and fail to get off the stuck-on bugs and dirt that takes a little elbow grease to remove. Ask about their car detailing, too. Visit Pars Quality Car Wash, 1929 Boiling Springs Road, and get a quality car wash done by hand. 578-9274. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. 
They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories, such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and they'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Selecting a financial advisor to entrust your hard-earned assets is one of the most important decisions you will ever make. Janie Montgomery Scott has more than 185 years of experience, tracing its roots to 1832. Janie's boutique size allows it to remain agile, meeting the demands of turbulent market cycles while addressing the needs of its clients. Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Janie Montgomery Scott sets the bar high. He provides superior advice, expertise, and support through every stage of your life and finances. As a firm, Janie's regional size offers the advantages of scale, allowing for close client relationships with personalized advice and planning. Call Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC. Member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. The Dan Patrick Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400, now on FM at 98.3. Nelson Crozier is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Let's go live to Nelson now. And welcome back. Nelson, how you doing, buddy? Oh, not sure and bad. Okay, well, uh, I, I, we, I guess nobody's hardly trackside, so you used to be trackside, but, uh, you know, that doesn't happen much anymore, and uh, we're just so glad to have you on the show. You might as well be trackside because you know everything, and before I start throwing out topics to you, why don't you just, why don't you just take the ball and run with it because you probably got some things you uh, would like to get out there that I might not start with. Okay, uh, first thing, uh, with the space shuttle or the uh, space rockets going up, the biggest problem is they have to plan so if the rocket meets the space shuttle. That's why there's only a small window uh, where they can launch it. Okay, and uh, well, they had terrible weather down there the other day, so they, there was no way they were going to launch it. So, all right, well, what's your take on the? Uh, we've had quite a discussion here on and off uh, the. Uh, on and off Mike about the the tungsten and you know following that on Hamlin's car and uh do you think okay. that was a, a a matter of somebody was going to slip it out before the race started and have a light car or or what what's no, your take uh, all that uh, amounts there uh if slides in uh, a pocket under the battery or in the frame rail and you put a bolt in um uh, and put another on the end of it or you put a pin in with uh, a pin. Uh, somebody forgot to put the nut on the bolt. Well, they got four. You know, they got four weeks to, to think about it because <laughs> they got suspended for a month. Well, the biggest thing is a severe safety problem because if that happened at speed and that bounced up and hit the uh, you know the windshield, it'll go right through it. Even, I mean, I know that's not, that's what, is that still Lexan? I mean, it, it would go through that? 
Yeah, so there's a lot of sand, but when you have 35 pounds of weight, uh, you'll uh, go 200 miles an hour. Uh, it's a monster bullet. Yeah, that's just a cannonball. Well, Nelson, would you have made the pit stop uh, at the end of the 600 to pull uh, uh, no, Chase Elliott I mean, in? If uh, if he was running fifth, then maybe you gamble. But when you're out in the lead, uh, it would be a stretch, like you all were talking earlier. If you had three green white uh, before the checker, uh, you know, maybe he could have done it. But two laps, no way. Yeah, I, I don't know if you heard the show earlier, and it's just my goofy opinion, but I just think they were counting on having another green-white checker, which, you know, maybe they would have, oh. maybe they wouldn't have. They, they they easily could have, but it didn't happen. That's right. But nevertheless, the siren in the Dawsonville pool room went <laughs> off twice in one week. I think that's the first. Well, that it probably is, and uh, I forgot all about the siren. The, that uh, they still do that, huh? Absolutely. Oh, great! And uh, of course, in the uh, surf race, he collected the bounty. So, you know, that was a hundred thousand dollars for charity. Uh, I think there's talk of another bounty coming up, but uh, you know, that will remain to be seen. Getting back to what Love was talking about. Uh, two big changes from what it used to be to now. Number one is the CNC machine, where, you know, you take a set of cylinder heads and you can duplicate a hundred sets identically. Uh, you know, the fact that all the uh, blocks you're using are custom race blocks now, they're not suited for production. So, you know, those are two things which are quite a bit different from what it used to be. Yeah. Uh, no, go ahead. To, uh, talking about uh, coming up from Bristol, same left side tire. The right side tire will have a different construction, uh, but same composition. Okay. Um, Nelson, uh, now, Jimmy Johnson had a, a really good run uh, in the 600, but, um, you know, he ended up finishing dead last because his car didn't pass this uh, super... Uh, precise inspection, and I think it was something on the rear end. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct. Uh, the rear end alignment or skew, uh, whether it was a part that broke or whether they're trying to go with lightweight part uh, or whether they're trying to get around the rules, whatever happened, uh, you know, it changed during the race. Well, it sounded to me like they were saying uh, it, it was... I think they said they allow for certain tolerances, uh, you know, margins, you know, for the after-race inspection. But if it's damaged, you know, the all bets are off and you, you go with what you got. And, I mean, I don't know exactly. I mean, I, he, I, I don't think he was, he wasn't in an accident. So I, I don't know if something flew up and, and damaged something or, or what. But it seemed like it was damage-related to me. Yeah, uh number of different uh, people talking different things. But at any rate, it happened. They didn't appear look. So it's further in the hole to try to take out of. Yeah, I think they said he went from 8th to 16th in the standings or something because of that. And uh, um, he is running better, but, you know, 
if something's not up to snuff, uh, they'll they're going to catch him and send him back. Let's um, let's get our picks out of the way here. And uh, Greg stepped away for a minute, but he has already chosen Harvick. And um, I actually won last week, and you can't begrudge me that because I haven't won, I don't think, since 2017. Maybe 2018 I might have won one, but it's I know I didn't last year. So I'll let you go first this year if you want Keselowski or something, or you pick anybody you want except for Harvick. Yeah, I'll go ahead and take uh, Kessler last year. Okay, and and come to think of it, you did say uh, you did you picked Johnson last week, didn't you? So you uh, yes, I did. Yeah, you you were close. Um, Alan, go ahead. I think I'll take Truex, Martin Truex. Okay, and uh, Greg's back with us now, and like I said, he took Harvick. Uh, Ronnie, um, you can text yours in to me if. Uh, if you'd like, or uh, I tell you who's running great. I'm not going to pick him, but Bowman's running really good. But I think I'm going to go with Chase. I'm going to go with Chase Elliott because he's, he's red hot, and he probably should have about four wins here instead of just two. And um, uh, Alan, did you pick one? I picked Truex. Oh, you, you just picked Truex. That's right. Where was I? Okay, so is that everybody? Seems like. That's everybody. Okay. Except Ronnie. Except Ronnie. So, uh so what? Uh, so we got Bristol coming up, and they're going to run uh, Bristol tomorrow afternoon, and they're going to run the, uh, the Xfinity race on Monday. Any thoughts about Bristol? You know, last year this was the race where D. Benedetto uh, came pretty close to winning. He led a lot of laps last year. Oh, it's going to be interesting, no question. And the weather's going to be good. Well, and have that huge what they call it the last Coliseum. And nobody's in it. That's gonna, I think it's gonna make those race cars reverberate, and it's gonna be like a big megaphone in there. Um, so uh, we got uh, a lot of other racing going to be starting up pretty soon. I know next Saturday will be IndyCar. IndyCars will be out at Texas. It'll be interesting to see how they do, and uh, um, hopefully things are going to ramp up. We're not going to get back to normal, but I really like the. I really like the midweek racing. Do you think this is something that NASCAR might stick with? I'm sure they will. Well, I, and I, this was a question I might have, and I could ask Greg, but I, I might have wanted to uh, ask Waddell. I mean, is there is there that much of effect of not being able to practice? I mean, these guys seems like, you know, that was a big thing we were talking about earlier before uh, that, the first race at Darlington. Uh, early 70s.
very few backup cars. But, you know, it makes a big difference. Uh, you know, look how much it's saving just in motel rooms. And I'm like you, Nelson, uh, starting the car is cold turkey. Uh, as long as you got the same good people turning the same good wrenches and keep records, uh, we found out we could get away with that anytime. I will give you an update. Nelson's been working on some ideas to get people, more people in the fans. You know, put some people in the stands, you know, they got these masks and all this kind of stuff. And I, I did get that last project thing. And it's everything that I haven't tested it yet, but I know it'll be okay. And I know you worked with, uh, with Larry on the, the simulator deal, and that thing that's absolutely plumb amazing. Hopefully, we won't have to yeah. go no simulator racing, but we have learned a lot from it. There's so much new technology uh, that we can keep the fans safe. Uh, you know, right now, they're taking forehead temperatures. Uh, but there's so much technology where they can just walk up, uh, you know, 10, 15 feet away, uh, have a big monitor, and it shows what the temperature is. So, uh, you know, when you start getting more people back at the track, it's going to be very easy uh, to, hey. Well, I know it's a uh, work in progress. You've got a 100-degree temperature. Uh, we can't let you in. That's right. Don't need to be running regardless of what you got. You're bad sick. Yeah. Well, Nelson, we'll let you go, buddy. Um, we've had a lot of races to watch, and we got some more coming up uh, during the week. And not this week. We don't have anything on Wednesday. Well, we got a Monday race, so that's not too bad to Xfinity. And then we'll go to Atlanta, and then I believe after that they're going to run Martinsville on a Wednesday. But, uh, Martinsville and then Homestead. Yeah, and they were talking about being tracks where you can drive two in a day and haven't spent as much time as I did in Miami for 15 years. That's a long one-day drive, but you can do it. That's right, but it is long. Well, plus, uh, plus Homestead's 20 miles south of Miami. <laughs> right. Pennsylvania said uh, that they will allow the race at Pocono, uh, and uh, uh, the Virginia governor said, uh, you know, it is okay to run Martinsville. So the states are uh, slowly opening up, and but there's still a lot of restrictions. Delaware has a 14-day quarantine for out-of-state people coming in. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about Delaware. Okay, thank you, Nelson, and um, keep in touch, and we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Have a good weekend and a good race tomorrow. Okay, thank Thanks. you very much. That's Nelson Crozier. Who is he? He's the smartest man I know. He's the smartest man I know, too. And Nelson... Uh, um, no doubt. Has has an answer and uh, for everything. And I believe somebody could figure out how to get the fans back. Nelson would be the guy. No doubt about it. Now, uh, Ronnie did send me a list of his top five picks. and uh, But I didn't see it. Um, in fact, he, he sent it. At 20 minutes after 9, so I've really... I got my dinger turned off so I couldn't hear it. But uh, he... Uh, well, I've already picked Chase. I didn't see this. Ronnie, if you want to pick again, uh, he, he, he texted me back when I asked him, and he said two, but Nelson had already picked the two. In order who Ronnie wanted, he had 9, 4, 2, 24, and 22. So technically, with that list, uh, um, I guess... 
William Byron would be his next. So put down Byron just for uh, just for right now, and we'll see if Ronnie. I'll give you the opportunity to change that if you want to. He's a good one. Yeah, we discussed him. Yeah, he's a good one. Yeah, I believe. Uh, I believe he wishes that tire to go on another two laps last Sunday, though, so Chase could have won that race. But um, when we come back after the break, we're going to talk to Brandon Hutchison, who was um, at Atlanta Motor Speedway. I'm not sure. Do you know what his title is? Oh, yeah. He's head of public relations. Okay. The public of- relations and communications. All right. Well, that's the guy we need to communicate with, and uh, <laughs> right. we'll have Brandon on right after uh, right after these breaks. Um, they're going to be got about... 20 seconds, they're going to be firing up at Cherokee, and you're going with them, right? We're going to go to Cherokee Speedway tonight. Okay, well, that sounds great. All right. Well, that's the first half of the show. We're going to come back, as I said, and talk to the guy from Atlanta, Brandon Hutchison. You're listening to Start Your Engines. We are The home of Open Mic Daily is Fox Sports 1400, WSPG Spartanburg. Now on FM at 98.3. Fox Sports trending now. Adrian Wojnarowski and Ramona Shelburne report that at a vote plan for Thursday, NBA owners are expected to approve Commissioner Adam Silver's plan to restart the season in July in Orlando and that there's growing support for a format with 22 teams involved comprising those within six games of the final playoff spots in each conference and for there to be both regular season and play-in games. NFL media reports that Packers offensive lineman Lane Taylor's agreed to rework the last year of his contract, freeing up about $3 million in cap space. And in Major League Baseball, Evan Drellich of The Athletic reports that on Friday night, the Boston Red Sox instituted wide-ranging employee pay cuts, including 20% cuts for those making between fifty dollars and $100,000 a year. I'm Isaac Lohenkron. We are... Frank's for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Frank's for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Frank's for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep-fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Frank's for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Frank's for the Memories 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Frank's for the Memories. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Throughout your life, you've worked hard to accumulate assets. 
to build wealth and to provide for your family. You've built a comfortable life full of shared memories and experiences. Providing and protecting your loved ones is never more critical than when you aren't there to do so. While having a will is important, it's not the only way. That is why developing an estate plan can be the best thing you will ever do for them. Working with our estate planning experts, Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Janie Montgomery Scott can help you to design a customized estate plan that can protect and preserve your assets for the next generation. The sooner you begin, the sooner you can be at ease knowing that your loved ones will be provided for as you intended. Contact Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. From the Beacon Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina, Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engine. 20 years of trying, 20 years of frustration. Dale Earnhardt will come to the caution flag to win the Daytona 500. Here is your racing team for today. Show producer Ronnie Black. Local action from winning car builder and owner Alan Hill. Track reporter and racing insider Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author, Harry Allen Wood. Welcome back to the second hour of Start Your Engines from the Beacon Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And it's my pleasure to introduce Brandon Hutchison from the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Good morning, Al. Uh, good morning, Brandon. Good morning. I appreciate you guys having me. Well, we're glad to have you. I was looking at Alan and I said, welcome, Alan. But I met Brandon. Um, <laughs> you're, no, you're the VP of, uh, of Public Relations or you're the President of Public Relations at Atlanta. Is that the case? I am the executive vice president and general manager of Atlanta Motor Speedway. No, oh, that's even better. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I asked Greg what your title was, he, he said public relations, and I believed him, but I just thought I'd make sure of that. So, uh, Well, he, that's fine. I'm just one of the team members there at Atlanta Motor Speedway that uh, that helps put on the event. Let's is, just leave it at that. Is Ed Clark still around? Because we used to have him on every year. Ed Clark has retired. So, oh, uh, Ed is Ed is retired, and um, I've been working with him for 25 years. They named me the general manager in November of 2018. Ed's still around. He's helping us with uh, with some stuff at the Capitol uh, every now and again, and uh, always welcome, great friend, and uh, but has retired. Okay, well that settles that, Greg. Don't yeah. don't bother Ed anymore. No, well no, he said does not bother him. He he me and him was talking about stuff about thirty years ago, but oh. but he he said he was retired, and I said, well, who's the guy? He said Brandon Hutchison. Well, well, I I can tell you guys, Ed would always welcome a call, and you talk about NASCAR historians. I don't think there's anybody that knows more and has more knowledge about NASCAR than Ed Clark. Well, we've always enjoyed having him on the show, and Greg and I consider ourselves historian because we're old. We're just old. <laughs> we're just old fans, so we're NASCAR historians. So, what's going on? I understand you're going to do some racing down there next weekend. 
Yeah, we are. You know, we had to press pause on the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 weekend uh, just as our weekend was getting started back in March. And we worked really closely with Governor Brian Kemp in the state of Georgia and uh, local officials here. And NASCAR has worked really closely with us. And we got a race coming up next weekend. We're gonna we're gonna take two on the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 weekend. See if we can't get it done. So, what is the schedule for that? You know, it's a very unique schedule. There's just as you've seen at Darlington and at Charlotte, and as you'll see in Bristol this weekend, no practice, no qualifying. They unload and go race. So we've got a doubleheader on Saturday, June 6th, the Vettix Camping World 200 truck race. We've got the Echo Park 250 Xfinity race. And then on Sunday, June 7th, we've got the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 at 3 o'clock. Man, that's a great schedule, and uh, oh, please have good weather. <laughs> I tell you, you've got so many, um, you know, this has worked out so well, I think. NASCAR's got to be happy. You guys have to be happy because you've got so many uh, backstories and uh, undercurrents of uh, hard feelings and things. Uh, and with Bristol, I'm sure that will uh, be added to, but um, you've got a lot of you've got a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes and in the previous races to make for a great weekend down there from all three series well let's hope so you know uh just this week in the truck series we saw chase elliott uh, take the bounty against uh kyle bush and knocked kyle bush off of what i think was his seven race pedestal um and of course coming out of bristol there's always some bad blood right so if you've got to take a race coming out of the pandemic i would take it just on the other side of bristol motor speedway in the food city 500 because uh you know they're going to be beating and banging just like they always have um and hey what's more this weekend starts the dash for cash so in the xfinity race the top four regular xfinity drivers the top four finishers that are regulars in the xfinity series will race for $100,000 at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Of those four, whoever finishes the highest takes home the big paycheck. So uh, that's something else to watch for this weekend. Well, what I was uh, wondering now, this is sort of Chase Elliott's home track. Is he going to be in your truck race, or uh, is it too late to get him if he's not? You know, Chase was originally scheduled to uh, race in our truck race, and he is going to be souped up in the Vettix Camping World 200 on Saturday. Um, so, yeah, we, we look forward to having a David Reagan is coming back, and David Reagan's going to race in our, our truck race as well. So we've got some, uh, we've got sure enough some good talent from Georgia that's going to be uh, getting behind the wheel on, on Saturday for sure. Well, that sounds great, and I see here, looking at the schedule now, that that, that truck race is at, I believe it's at 1 o'clock on a Saturday, and then it's followed by the Xfinity race at uh, 4.30. And 4.30, the, the truck race, and, and you know what, guys, it certainly is bittersweet that fans aren't going to be able to be present. We never, we never thought we would. I think we're losing him here. Yeah, we got him. Truck race will be on FS1, and the uh, Xfinity race is going to be on the main network's Fox. So, lots of lots of action to watch on Saturday. If you're you're sounding great right now, but it, you, you went out for just a second there, so if you're walking around in circles, how about just staying where you are for about five more minutes? <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, now you know we just got through Memorial Day, and then next weekend. 
actually is a pretty big weekend here because um, it's the anniversary of D-Day. And, of course, Bud Moore, Greg's father, was um, landed at D-Day, and we always play his recollections. But um, the Foles of Honor being a very patriotic event on Sunday and it being D-Day weekend, that sort of um, sort of all comes together for you like a, almost like another Memorial Day or Veterans you know, Day or whatever. You know, we have, if you remember back in no, when we had our race in November, we were right around Veterans Day. So we've always had a, uh, a tie to military, whether it be something close to Veterans Day or now with the Folks of Honor Quick Trip 500 weekend. So, so yeah, you know, it's we're not able to do what we do without the sacrifices that the men and women have made throughout the uh, throughout time and in the different combat situations. So, Greg, hats off to your father. Um, you know, it's it's sacrifices like that to give us the ability to go racing. So it's special to be able to uh, to honor those folks as well. And Folds of Honor is such a phenomenal organization. You know, they give scholarships to the families of of soldiers that have given the ultimate sacrifice or those soldiers that uh, are unable to return to active duty. So pretty cool deal. They've given a ton of scholarships to families, and uh, we're real proud to be able to support them as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. Thank you, Brian. But it, uh, that always is a, a big touching thing for what our soldiers do for us. So this can be the greatest country in the world, and they always do a good job. But I was just thinking of something on a little bit more happier line. But of course, I, we, we got to honor those guys. We ought to honor them every day of the week. But, and lots of times they do with flyovers and stuff. But, you know, you got all these suites around the racetrack. And, and that, uh, I guess, uh, Bruton and Humpy come up with that stuff. But are anybody trying to utilize those? I, I mean, I think you could get some people in there. I maybe send some. In other words, Greg's trying to get us invited to a suite down there. How's that? How would that work? <laughs> well, as much as we would like to welcome you guys and everybody else to the facility, you know, right now it's just not possible. We've worked really closely with the the local and state officials, and one of the things that we provided to them was a plan, and that plan included essential workers only. You know, major venues are not open in the state of Georgia. Yet, Governor Brian Kemp has supported us and, and through the plan with NASCAR, um, we're going to limit the, uh, the facility to essential workers only. So, as much as we'd like to welcome you in and welcome uh, everybody else around the world in, we're just unable to do so at this time. Greg, that's a no. Yeah, but that's a very polite <laughs> no. I just, I just know that they got all those suites, and if you got people like us got a radio show, depending on what day it is, we could be broadcasting the race live there you know that's a pipe dream you got there greg oh uh, i know it i know it <laughs> uh, we, we will i can assure you greg we will welcome you guys back with open arms and be just as excited as we possibly can once it once it's safe to do so you know it's it's a big responsibility it's not just about keeping the competitors safe and keeping the essential workers at the facility safe but it's about keeping the community uh, safe as well. You know, at Atlanta Motor Speedway for a typical race weekend, we bring in over three, three, uh, three thousand workers. And so that, that's a big footprint on the community. It's a lot of people that would otherwise be in that community. So for right now, as much as we'd like to, like I said, it's bittersweet for us because at heart, I'm a race fan. You know, I, I'm one of the guys that's sitting in the grandstands 
throughout the year. And uh, for us not to be able to host our fans, it's just it's bittersweet. It really is. I know it is. And Atlanta is such a great um, center for auto racing. I mean, the history of auto racing in Atlanta goes all the way back to pre-Indianapolis or around Indianapolis because, uh, you know, they they, they had a track, a, a big one-mile dirt track. I think it was a mile. It might have even been bigger at uh, at what is now the where Hartsfield Airport is. Um, and it was called the Indianapolis of the South. And, of course, Lakewood was there that ran races and IndyCar races and stock car races for so many years. And I think the grandstand's still standing for that. I've always wanted to go down and check it out. And then you guys came along in 1960 under a different configuration, but always had, it was the best spectator viewing track. I always loved the, the, the Atlanta track with those long sweeping turns. And I think the turns were half a mile and the, and the straightaways were only a quarter of a mile. And it was just a beautiful track and you could see every inch of it from, from almost every seat. And of course they've reconfigured the track now, but it's still a great track. And, but there's such a history of auto racing in Atlanta. Well, you're right, you know. Um, and, that's not, and, that's not know to, and that's not to mention all the great drivers down there. Well, you're exactly right. You know, from from engine builders to drivers, you know, Atlanta at one time was really, could have been considered the, the hub of racing. And then, of course, you, you got Daytona and, and Fireball and those guys, Smoke Munich, uh, you know, had their engine shops out of there. And then, of course, you know, today we're, we're in Charlotte, but... But, yeah, you know, Atlanta has a rich history in racing, as you just talked about. And we've been running 500-mile races annually at Atlanta Motor Speedway since July 31st, 1960. The great late Fireball Roberts took the checkered flag. And, uh, you know, we haven't looked back since. And that's one of the things that, that as I spoke to, to Marcus Smith and as I spoke to Ed Clark, you know, it was most important to me that no matter what, you know, we get a race in this year at Atlanta Motor Speedway. We certainly didn't want to break that that 60-year tradition. So uh, it's important to us to be able to get cars back on track next weekend, and we're so excited to be able to, if nothing else, broadcast it live to, to the world. We're the first major sporting event back in the state of Georgia. Right. So uh, we're excited about that and very proud to be able to wear that badge of honor. You know, your second race down there, the fall race in 1960, was won by... Um, Bobby Johns driving a, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, driving a, a Spartanburg car for Cotton Owens. So, um, yeah, but you've got Raymond Parks, and I didn't mean to interrupt you just now, but with Raymond Parks and Jack Smith and Gober Sosby and and uh, Red White, Red no. Vote, you know, all those guys are just the core of the history of NASCAR. You are you are exactly right, and it's something that uh, it's something I'm proud of. You know, the Georgia Racing Hall and Fame Hall of Fame up in uh, up in Dawsonville is, is a cool place to go see. I just I just moved into my new office not too long ago, and I hung a picture of Jack Smith. You know, Jack Smith turned the first ever lap uh, on, on Atlanta Motor Speedway, and I've actually got a picture now hanging in my office uh, to pay homage to Jack. And in those those days back in 1960. Um, it's cool. It, it's him unloading his car to take the first lap ever on Atlanta Motor Speedway. Very, very cool. Probably a Bud Moore 60 Pontiac. But number 47. Yep. 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 Daddy and Bob Dave was a crew chief, and, and Bob Berger was a chief mechanic or something like that. But that car run real good, and, yes, it definitely has a, a tie with Atlanta. Biggest thing I was going to say, it was always my favorite racetrack. Uh, me and Perry saw a lot of those races pretty close to the first one. Perry might have saw some for me, but I do remember that being down there in 64, or really before that. And 
know how that thing went. Well, 64 was when uh, Rex White drove his last race. Um, and he was the fastest qualifier, but he didn't go on the first day, so he didn't get the pole. And that was in your daddy's car. And Billy Wade was in the other one. And um, that was Ned Jarrett's first major win. And it was like the first big race after Fireball's injury at Charlotte. So Greg and I were there in 64, hanging out together at the Atlanta Motel. Well, out brother, on, yeah, everything. Out family. on 19 and 41. That's all. That's awesome, guys. It, it really is. You know, Rex is Rex is a friend of mine, and, and I always enjoy getting him in my car and riding around the speedway. And he can tell you about the bumps that were there and specific days, and, and it's just really cool to to have an opportunity opportunity to sit down and, and listen to those stories. It's uh, as a younger guy, I'm I'm 48 years old. Um, been working at Atlanta Motor Speedway for over half my life now, 12, 25 years. Um, th- that kind of stuff's very special to me as I learn about the history of our sport. Um, you know, just just like we were talking about the the military. You know, without the founding fathers of our sport and the guys that blazed the trail before guys like me, I don't have the opportunity that I have today. So it's really special for me to learn as much as I can. Well, uh, and I'm just hoping and praying that you've got clear weather and good weather, warm, and uh, so you can get all three of these races in without, we've had a lot of delays and the racing's been great, but we have been playing dodge with the thunderstorms and things and I I hope you'll uh, come out on the good end of that next weekend and I would urge everybody, and I didn't know about it until uh, Ed Clark, we had him on a couple of years ago, and explaining the folds of honor, that every fold, when they fold up the flag, like uh, I went to a funeral, unfortunately, this past week in the, of a veteran, and uh, they folded the flag, and every time they fold that flag, it, it means something. There's a meaning to all, and I think, was it 13 folds, or I could be wrong that, about that, but it, everyone means correct. everyone means something, and... I would urge the fans to read up on the folds of honor, you know, leading up to the race, and so they'll know exactly what they're talking, what what the what's being honored. It is a it's a ceremony that if you've never seen it, as a matter of fact, just thinking about it right now, I've got chills. Yep. You are correct. There are thirteen folds. Each fold has a special meaning, and uh, you can find it online pretty easy. But uh, yeah, the the organization is great. They. Um, they do really good work, and again, I'm just I'm so proud to be teamed up and partnered with a company like Folds of Honor and, and Quick Trip. Really, Quick Trip is a sponsor, and, and they had brought on Folds of Honor, so uh, says a lot about Quick Trip too. So as you're driving down the road and trying to figure out where do I want to get gas, which convenience store do I want to, uh, to to give my business to, just think about the the tie that Quick Trip has to Folds of Honor and our military men and women. I really don't know if Quick Trip's a restaurant with a gas pump or a, or a convenience store with a. I mean, it's, it's it's a big place. You know, those things are are, are really uh, all in, all in one. Whatever you need, you pull into a Quick Trip and you got it. I tell you, you, are, you flag, are exactly right. You are exactly right. And and again, the fact that they pay homage every day and raise funds every day for these men and women that have given the ultimate sacrifice and those that are unable to provide for for their families so again i would urge everybody and and it's not a plug for quick trip it's really not it's just the facts you know um they they really do great things for for our men and women in service well they deserve a plug and so do you brandon and thank you so much for coming on and um hopefully this won't be the last time we'll talk this year and 
appreciate all you're doing to uh, to get us through these tough times with some great racing. Well, guys, I appreciate your time today. I really do. It's special to me, and I look forward to getting cars back on track at Atlanta Motor Speedway. And like you, let's just pray for for blue skies and sunny days, and we'll be we'll be all good. I'm with you all the way. Thank you very much, Brandon. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. You too. That's Brandon. Want to talk racing with the guys? Call the Sign Force Hotline now at 864-468-1400. Start your engine returns in a moment on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. For years now, we've been telling you about Palmetto Spirit's tremendous wine selection. We've told you about Palmetto Spirit's carrying special, small-batch, handcrafted bourbons and whiskeys that you can't find anywhere else. But what truly sets Palmetto Spirit's apart is their customer service. Jim and the entire staff knows wines and liquors and knows how to find you the perfect bottle for the perfect occasion. Palmetto Spirit's. Reedville Road on Spartanburg's West Side, where customer service is the difference. Windows down or AC on. Either way, there's no better way to beat the heat than with ice-cold favorites from McDonald's. Now get a large Minute Maid slushie for $2 in sweet flavors fruit punch, blue raspberry, or new pink lemonade. Or get a refreshingly bold McCafe iced coffee, any size for $1.69. To beat the heat, there's nothing sweeter than an icy treat. It's not just a drink, it's a McDonald's drink. Prices and participation may vary. Limited time only cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Minute Maid is a registered trademark of the Coca-Cola Company. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. When John B. White Sr. opened the Beacon Drive-In in 1946, he probably couldn't have imagined email, the internet, or heck, even Morgan Square having a fountain. But I'll bet you Mr. White always envisioned the Beacon offering great food and tremendous service. And now, 70 years later, that tradition continues. You can't count on everything, but Spartanburg has always counted on the Beacon Drive-In for 70 years. That's decades of plenty. The Beacon, where the food is always good since 1946. Mayhem is everywhere. I'm a gravel truck. I'm busy laying the foundation for your city's newest suburb. You're stuck behind me, and I'm about to make it rain. <laughs> Rocks. Now you're swerving, but there's no avoiding this downpour. Better watch out for that guardrail. So get Allstate, where agents help protect you from mayhem, like me. You're in good hands with Allstate agent Jack Mabry in Boiling Springs. Give him a call today, 253 253- Time one five five. Open Mike Daily is now in its second decade talking sports in Spartanburg. Hi, is anyone there? How do we explain our longevity? Clean living for one. Mm. A keen grasp of reality. Mm. We cover Spartanburg and Spartanburg County first. Weekday afternoons at three on Fox Sports fourteen hundred and ninety eight three FM. Welcome back to Start Your Engines after my less than perfect. Uh, Goodbye to Brandon Hutchinson. I, I got my buttons mixed up, but that's okay. Ronnie, I'm sorry. You tell me not to mention this stuff, but it 
weighs heavily on my mind, but I'm going to turn it over right now to Alan Hill, who is back in action himself with his team tonight, uh, unless uh, something's wrong with the Springs. And uh, Alan, take it away with the All local right. scene. All right. We had a little bit of racing going on last week over at Cherokee Speedway. We had about uh, eight or ten divisions racing over there. We're going to start off with the Run What You Brung class. Uh, first place went to Monk, Monk Gullage. Second place went to Coke Gilliam. Third place went to Roger Hamrick. And the Super Sportsman Series. First place went to Terrell Holloway. Second place went to Josh Mulwey. Third place went to Steve Thoreau. Extreme 4 Division. First place went to Mason Mack. Second place went to Willie Fowler. Third place went to Travis Lanford. In the Pure Stock Division. Always a good show over there in the Pure Stock Division. And uh, one of our guests we've had on here, he won. He got first place over there, named Nathan Pierce. Showtime is on the side of that race car, and he puts on a show over there. Second place went to Michael Hedden. Third place went to Jay McGrew. And the Thunder Bomber Series, a favorite over at Cherokee Speedway, won again. His name's Steve Green. Second place went to Shane McDaniel. Third place went to Daniel Massey. In the 602 Open Wheel Modified Division, first place went to Steve Padella. Second place went to Jeremy Steele. Third place went to Chris Stowe. In the Stock 4 Division, first place went to the Lady Driver, Braden Pruitt. Second place went to Jamie Madison. Third place went to Travis Mosley. In the Cruiser Street Stock Division, first place went to Damian Crump. Second place went to Chris Rice. Third place went to Thomas McCurdy. In the 602 late models, first place went to Dale Timms. Second place went to Justin Timms. Third place went to Blake Pryor. Let's move up the road a little bit. Carolina Speedway. Carolina got back on the program this last week up there for Memorial Day. Uh, glad to see them get back into racing. First, first division out on the racetrack was their Hornets division. First place went to Lane Spangler. Second place went to Brandon Bond. Third place went to Jonathan Surratt. In the Thunder Bomber division, first place went to Justin Truitt. Third, second place went to Chris Steele. Third place went to David Carswell. In the Pure Street division, first place went to Mike Bocum. Second place went to Chris Steele. Third place went to Mark Bennett. In the Open Wheel Modifieds, first place went to Jeremy Steele. Second place went to Andrew Durham. Third place went to Chris Stowe. In the Thunder Sportsman Division, first place went to Ronald Scully. Second place went to Justin Fife. Third place went to Cameron Young. In the Pro 4 Division, first place went to Curtis Bishop. Second place went to Kyle Truitt. Third place went to Jerry Oliver Jr. Okay. Harris Speedway. Harris will be running tonight. The gates will open at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Driver's meeting will be at 6.30. Fans will be allowed at Harris Speedway tonight. And on the crew, you're allowed to have 10 members on your crew in the gate. On the schedule for tonight at Harris Speedway, we got the 602 late models. we got the Renegade slash Stock 8. That is a combined class. Craig Sportsman Division's on the scene. Thunder Bomber, Thunder Bomber Futures, Pure Stock. Stock front-wheel drive, V6 front-wheel drive, and young guns. I'd like to put a 
put a shout out to the guys. We've got two new guys that's running Harris Speedway up there this uh, this year. Guys are doing a lot of work to the racetrack up there. From what I've seen at the driver's meeting, they try and take control of that racetrack. They said if you want to fight, take your fight outside of the racetrack. Do not be fighting in the pits at Harris Speedway. Okay. Uh, okay. At Cherokee Speedway. We got a big series going on over at Cherokee Speedway tonight. We got the Ultimate Super Late Mile Series over there. They're going to pay $5,000 to win in this division. They're going to have the Super Sportsman, which will be our division this year. That's what they changed it to, called Super Sportsman. Going to pay $1,000 in that division. And the Cruiser Street Stop, that's Crate Racing Motors. They're going to pay $1,000 in that division. And the Stock 4, $700. Thunder Bomber, $600. Extreme, four, $500. Going to be $35 to get in the pits and $20 to get in the stands. Also, this will be tomorrow since uh, what we call rain delayed from Friday night. Carolina Speedway decided that they would go ahead and just postpone their event on Friday night. And they will open it back up on Sunday up at Carolina. That's up at Gastonia, North Carolina. On hand for the racing up there, we're going to have the Super Sportsman Division. We're going to have the Thunder Sportsman Division, the 602 Open Wheel Modifieds, the Thunder Bomber Series, the Pro 4 Series, and the Hornets. This will be Carolina Speedway. This will be their points, first points race of the year. So anybody that's going to be running for points up at Carolina Speedway, you better start making these races. It'd be $25 to get in the pits and $30 to get in the stands. So uh, that's another racetrack that's letting people in the stands. So glad to see these racetracks is opening these stands back up for these people to let them come watch some racing. I know all these people have been kind of crouped up in their house, and it's about time for them to get out. Uh, Travers Rest Speedway, they had a race last night, which they're getting back on their regular schedule, but uh, have not seen nothing posted up as far as results. They must have had a uh, a good race last night at Travers Rest Speedway, but like I said, hadn't seen no results up posted up as of yet. Well, I, they, there were still some thunder showers popping up all over. I, I reckon they got rained out, or I have no idea. I'll, I'll have to take somebody and find out for me right fast. Well, um, so you're going to Cherokee tonight. We're going we to head over our Cherokee Speedway tonight, and for some reason, Jada, she's been texting wanting to go to Carolina on Sunday. Holy cow. Yeah, that's what I told her. She, uh, she texted earlier in the week. She said Carolina was wanting to race on uh, Friday night. She said uh, we're going to have our division up there at Gastonia. And uh, next thing I know, Danny, he sent me another text, said that Cherokee's running us too. And uh, then I got another text this morning said, Carolina's racing on Sunday, so uh, we might turn turn this car back around and go back to Carolina on Sunday afternoon. Now, would you take the same car? Uh, yes, I will. I'll take the same car. Uh, this car here is is for this division. Okay. And uh, just got a little text just a second ago. My driver, he's already in the shop working on that car, and uh, that's just the way things are going to be. I tell you, Alan, the one thing that you said kind of I had to go get me a drink of water. But, uh, son, may you mean Cherokee said no fighting on the front straightaway? No. Harris. Harris does, Harris not, Harris does not have a front straightaway. They have a, they, their pits on the outside that racetrack, and uh, 
It's not in front of stands. But anyway. So, uh, well, where did they say that you could fight? Uh, they said you go out and take it out on the street, just as long as it's off the property of Harris Speedway. Hmm. Well, they need to put it on camera. Well, you know. Times have changed. Times have changed. Uh, don't get me wrong. We used to, you know, Harris Speedway, Harris is one of our oldest racetracks around. It is. I know and Cherokee Speedway is too. But Harris, I remember whenever we was in high school, we used to go up there at Harris on Sunday afternoon. It was an asphalt racetrack. That's right. Which is a dirt racetrack now. Perry, Perry, I know Perry was up there, but I remember going up there, and I was just a little bitty boy, and uh, Perry was five years old. I don't know how old, but Wade was up there, and it was a NASCAR race. That's 64, 65. Yeah, and the thing that I always remember about it, you know, they used to wear them cool suits. And Stella's wife, he come by this first lap or whatever, and uh, his hat on a T-shirt like they used to lots of time. Billy Wade. Yeah, and with the winds flapping, he, he was going pretty fast around that high bike running track. That first book I wrote on the silent speedways that um, I included Harris, you know, I included some pictures there, and I, I wrote that thing. God, it's been almost 15 years ago now, about 2005, 2006. But way back up there in the woods, there's still a concrete grant uh, at this time. And I, I don't think that concrete went anywhere, but there was a concrete grandstand up in the on the side of that hill that's nowhere, not really that close to where they race now. I mean, I guess you could probably see it if you knew where to look, but uh, I remember that track, and that's the track I remember sitting in the grandstands at, and uh, there was an old dilapidated ticket booth and uh, a outhouse falling in and all sorts of stuff. I remember there was a, a, a lamp, a light, uh, nailed to a tree that was still there, a, a big tree. So, uh, yeah, Harris goes back a long way. Yes, it does. All our members, you know, drivers like Bosco Law, Bosco Low, uh, Lonnie Perkle, Preston uh, Humphreys, Preston Humphreys, big um, names back then, very big names, still big names to me. And one of our local drivers, Larry Pearson, he he started racing up there. And don't get me wrong, he was driving for some other boys that was in a Chevy Two Nova. Mm. Well, that when, the what Greg was talking about uh, that race in 1964, um, Billy Wade was there. Cotton Owens took two cars from Spartanburg. He had one for Pascal and one for Pearson. 64 Dodges and uh, five and six. Um, and then they came back in, and Richard Petty won that race. Then they came back in 65 and ran Harris again, and Ned Jarrett won. I think. Um, uh, I don't believe y'all were in that race because 65, y'all were just running the big tracks, Greg. But that was, uh, yeah, big history up there. And uh looks like they let them fight <laughs> uh, <laughs> on the straightaway. This, I, I wouldn't want you to fight in the pits because there's too many weapons laying around and gasoline and stuff. But, you, you know, it, I, maybe there's some liability. Uh, well, We're is. not encouraging fighting, by the way, but if you're going to fight, do it. Well, well, plus, they might they might check their punches just a little if they know they got a lot of people watching, especially the police. And just like I say, they get fined, they get toted off, and they have to pay their fine. So it might be a little bit safer in front of the fans. You know, anyway, it's entertainment. Uh, I don't like fighting either. Well, we wish you the best of luck tonight. And uh, and if you do go to Gastonia. Um, you wouldn't think of going straight from well, you 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 go back to the shop. I mean, you got to spend the night. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to go back. We'll get up 
we'll get up on Sunday morning, we'll wash the race car and everything, get it unloaded, and probably make a few changes on it to go up to Carolina Speedway. Well, it sounds like it's a done deal to me, Jada's calling the shots. Uh, she pretty much she pretty <laughs> much calls these shots nowadays. All right. And, uh, well, I tell you what, let's take our last break, and we'll come back, and I'll... Uh, We'll wrap this thing up, and I'll talk about the schedule and the points. And uh, some of that has changed a little bit since last week, and we have not even hardly mentioned the Xfinity Series and Jeremy Clements. So let's take a break. We'll be back. You're listening to Fox Sports Spartanburg from the Beacon Driving Studios. It's easy to jump on the Internet and search for financial information. But what happens when you run into conflicting articles and need to separate fact from fiction? That is where Trent Lancaster can help. Trent is an investment professional at Janie Montgomery Scott, located in the Spartanburg office, who will take the time to answer all of your investment questions. He can help you develop a personalized financial planning strategy with the flexibility to adapt to your changing needs. Trent can also help you with estate planning, setting up trusts, income for retirement, and legacy planning for the next generation. Call Trent today for a complimentary portfolio review by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. When John B. White Sr. opened the Beacon Drive-In in 1946, he probably couldn't have imagined email, the internet, or heck, even Morgan Square having a fountain. But I'll bet you Mr. White always envisioned the Beacon offering great food and tremendous service. And now, 70 years later, that tradition continues. You can't count on everything, but Spartanburg has always counted on the Beacon Drive-In for 70 years. That's decades of plenty. The Beacon, where the food is always good since 1946. Man, I need a new car, but I have no idea where to look. Have you tried Impex Pre-Owned in Bowling Springs? Pre-Owned? I'm not looking for something with lots of mileage on it. That's why you need to go to Impex Pre-Owned, because they have a huge selection of new model cars and trucks with low mileage. Well, that sounds great, but i got to stick to my budget. And that's another reason why you need to check out Impex Pre-Owned. New model cars with low mileage at thousands less than you'll find anywhere else. Call Yvette today at 864-327-9297 or check out ImpexPreOwned.com. Impex Pre-Owned. Quality used cars made easy. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt, whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave, across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8840. Hey, this is Ryan Clary. Lately, I've been eating one home-cooked meal after another. I'm talking million-dollar spaghetti, Mexican lasagna, chicken tetrazzini. I can't cook at all, and my wife's a great cook, but she has a full-time job. So neither of us have time to feed our three little ones a home-cooked meal. Many of you listening can relate one way or another. Who has the time? Mama Sue's does. That's right. Mama Sue's on East Henry Street in Spartanburg has homemade meals daily for you to pick up, place an order online, or stop in at Mama Sue's. Also check out their $5 lunch specials. Mama Sue's, open Monday through Friday, 10 to when it's hot and it's hot, there's only one thing better than water, ice. And Spartanburg Water has twice the ice with 12 convenient ice houses located around the county. Twice the ice is affordable. Get a 10-pound bag for $1.25 or a 16-pound bag or 20-pound bulk for $1.75. Twice the ice is never touched by human hands, never stored in a warehouse, and uses local water. And it's available 24 hours a day using cash.
cash, credit, or debit card. To find the twice the ice location near you, visit SpartanburgWater.org slash ice. So what if your roommate, we'll call him Einstein, decides to microwave a metal bowl full of cookie dough and sets your apartment on fire? Yep, State Farm has an agent for that. See State Farm agent Cliff Gobert in Spartanburg for auto, renters, frankly, all kinds of insurance. Cliff's got your back. So call Cliff Gobert today at 597-1200. That's 597-1200. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Cliff Gobert, State Farm Insurance, East Main Street in Spartanburg. Want to find out what's going on on Fox Sports 1400? Visit our website at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. We have everything you need, including the all-important Listen Lively. Find it all at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. We built this city on rock and roll. And welcome back to the last segment of Start Your Engines for, what was it, day, May 29th? May 29th, June, down to the end of it. June starts Monday, right? Yes, it does. Oh, boy. Okay. But Let's uh, look at uh, some things we've already talked about here, but uh, a lot of take them in kind of a different order. But tomorrow, Bristol will be run. That's the Food City presents the Supermarket Heroes 500. Of course, that's honoring the, those people that put the bread on the shelves and everything because they're pretty essential these days, too. Very essential. I won't even say pretty essential. That will be at 3.30 Saturday. I'm sorry, Sunday, tomorrow on FS1. Looking back at the 600 now, we've talked about it. And uh, Brad Keselowski won it. And uh, thank you, Brad. Chase Elliott was second because of that pit stop and because uh, Jimmy Johnson was disqualified for the rear end problem he had. It didn't pass inspection. Ryan Blaney was third. Kyle Busch was fourth. Kevin Harvick, fifth. Martin Truex, sixth. Kurt Busch, 7th, Tyler Reddick, 8th, Christopher Bell, ninth, in that number 95, which is running pretty good these days, and Chris Boucher was 10th. Now, we don't have to do the point standings because that didn't last too long until they ran the 500K race that was postponed from Wednesday. They ran it Thursday. Chase Elliott won it, and he said it didn't make up for Darlington in the 600, but um, he'll take it because these things are hard to win, and he's right about that. Denny Hamlin was second, didn't have anything fall off of his car before the race, so he was able to compete the whole time. Ryan Blaney again was third. Ricky Stenhouse was fourth. Kurt Busch fifth. Joey Logano sixth. Brad Keselowski just didn't have it uh, and finished seventh. Austin Dillon was eighth. Martin Truex ninth. And Kevin Harvick was tenth. I'll go one step farther. Jimmy Johnson was 11th in that race, and he didn't quite have the same... Same thing he had the night before. Um, looking at the point standings now after uh, going into Bristol, after the second race at Charlotte. And this is the playoff standings. That's what we're really interested in. Joe Logano is still first with two wins and 317 points. Denny Hamlin is second with two wins. Kevin Harvick is third with one, as has Chase Elliott, Alex Bowman, and Brad Keselowski. But they've got the bonus, the stage points and everything that... that determine their order and then starting uh and then in seventh place with the leading the pack of guys that don't have a win yet is ryan blaney is seventh martin truex eighth eric almarola ninth kurt bush tenth so um and matt de benedetto was 11th kyle bush 12th so we'll just leave it right there so 
Once again, the Cup guys will run tomorrow at 3.30. Xfinity, we've hardly talked about it all, and uh, it was a bad day for uh, Jeremy Clements. He, uh, he was involved in a crash, and he actually was running pretty good at times. He'd get up there um, sniffing the top ten. In fact, I think he even got into the top ten there for a little while. But they're going to run their next race on Monday afternoon on June the 1st. That's Cheddar's 300 presented by Alsco. Alsco is uniforms. I found that out. And that will be um, 7 o'clock on FS1 Monday night. So we got some Monday night racing. But the Xfinity race was won by Kyle Busch in the car number 54. His car, the Rowdy car. Second was Daniel Hamrick. Third was Austin Sendrick. Fourth, Ross Chastain, who hadn't had a chance to bust a watermelon on the finish line yet for winning a race. Fifth was Justin Allgaier. Sixth, Brett Moffitt. Seventh, Michael Annette. Eighth, Brandon Brown. Ninth, Harrison Burton. And tenth, Mayat Snyder. Mayat. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Ma- but I- Ma- must be Mater. Dave Mater the third. No, it's... <laughs> it's oh, M- I was guessing. <laughs> M-Y-A-T-T Snyder. So um, I guess we'll learn more about him. Jeremy finished 32nd after starting 27th. So it was a, turned out to be a pretty much forgettable day. He crashed with uh, Austin Hill, who was three laps behind him at the time. And that took place on the uh, 183rd lap. So um, Jeremy was running a few laps behind anyway. It was just a bad, very forgettable day for him, although it did help, he did move up in the standings a little bit. The Xfinity point standings are Chase Briscoe is first, Austin Sendrick is second, Ross Chastain third, Harrison Burton is fourth, Noah Cragson fifth, Justin Allgaier sixth, Ryan Siege seventh, Brandon Jones eighth, Justin Haley ninth, and Michael Annette is tenth. Jeremy is up to 22nd in the standings. Um, he's got a long way to go, and he needs a good race at Bristol. Um, he, in order to start passing some people, he is, uh, let's see the points here. Well, he's, uh, he's 11 points out of 21st and those points are hard to come by. Um, he's 14 points out of, uh, 20th. So, uh, if he could, if he could have a good race and get up there amongst those guys, he could start moving up. But, um, right now he's, uh, once again, having a tough time of it. They ran the trucks on Tuesday night, which was, an, I thought, a very entertaining race. I actually watched every lap of it. That was the, uh, uh, what was the name of that race here? I've got it. It was the, oh, it was the same thing every year. It's the North Carolina Education Lottery 200. And, um, of course, Chase Elliott won the bounty. And Kyle Busch was uh, very unhappy. And I understand he had a splitter problem that he said they found out about, you know, early on in the race. It sounded like something that could have been uh, uh, taken care of at the shop. He was talking about we've had three months to get this truck ready to go, and it wasn't ready to go, and uh, they're going to hear about it. So uh, Kyle was very unhappy. And then when uh, Chase, and he still ran good, real good, Chase Elliott beat him by uh, um well, it doesn't have the uh, margin of victory here, but it was close, I can tell you that. And Kyle was um, 
standing by to do an interview with Fox, but it took them a little bit too long to get to him. But when they got to him, um, it was profanity-laced. Fox couldn't use it. And they, uh, he stormed off down the pit road while they were talking to Chase Elliott, who won the race. And Chase, um, of course, Fox, I, I, I really have a problem with their directing sometime. But as Chase Elliott got the checkered flag from the flagman and was going to do his um, mock of um, Kyle Busch's uh, bow that he always takes, they, they broke away. And uh, and they missed it, and I'm, I'm like sitting there saying, "Well, you know, you just missed something really good by switching to another stupid crowd shot." But when they came back from the commercial, they did show it and explained uh, uh, that Kyle Busch had stormed away, and of course Chase Elliott, his comment was, uh, "Yeah, that was uh, imitation's the sincerest form of flattery." So he was trying to smooth it over a little bit, but he also added that I hope. I didn't hurt anybody's feelings. And um, he went on to say that uh, winning the, um, the 500K Cup race and the truck race don't does not make up for losing Darlington in the 600, but it helps. So uh, Chase Elliott was the winner. Kyle Busch was second. Zane Smith was third. Brett Moffitt was fourth. Sheldon Creed, fifth. John Hunter Nemechek was sixth. Johnny Sauter, seventh. Ty Majeski, 8th, Austin Hill, ninth, and Ben Rhodes, 10th. And, of course, we had Brandon Hutchison on from Atlanta Raceway a few minutes ago. And I swear, I believe I'd be trying to get him to... Now, they said that Chase was going to run the truck, the uh, Xfinity race, but I think I'd try to get him in a truck, too, because he's a, he's a big draw. Well, listen to me, a big draw. There won't be any fans, but, I mean, they'll be watching on television, and I, I think uh, that's Chase's home track. He ought to try to run all three races if he can. Yep, and uh, Chase talking about he'd take that win. Every driver would take a win right now, so they know they'd be locked into that championship run. That's yep. right. Uh, you got to figure it in what you figure it. That's that's the biggest thing that takes a load off your team right now at the, at the beginning of this season. Now that you got a win, you locked into the playoff. So uh, now we can just go for uh, go for it. Yeah, go for it. Makes a bunch of difference, and maybe uh, try some extra. Try something a little uh, experimental, maybe, since you know you're uh, you're going to be at the in the playoffs anyway. Yeah. Truck standings. Uh, Austin Hill is the points leader. Followed, he's got a 17 point lead over Johnny Sauter and Zane Smith. So that's reasonably healthy. Ben Rhodes is fourth. Brett Moffat is fifth. Sheldon Creed is sixth. Grant Enfinger seventh. Christian Eckes eighth. Tyler Ankrum ninth. And good old Cody Rohrbach is tenth. And before I forget it. Got about six minutes to go here. Got to thank Lanny McKinney, who uh, does the Budmore website and is our backup for anything technical that we need uh, as far as the podcast. He puts the podcast out there, and he has it online by, um, it'll be available by probably 3, 4, 5 o'clock. I listen to it every week and uh, and uh, critique myself. <laughs> the other guys do great, but i pretty much critiquing my button pushing, but Lanny's. Lanny's got our back, and uh, we couldn't do without him, and we appreciate everything Lanny does every um, every show for us. And I think this is like our 90-second show. You know, we got a bunch of them. I was wondering we've been doing, you know, since we swapped over. Well, we're going to we, we have, have a big party for 100. I, you know, we, we will. If we make it that far, that should be, what, July or something? That's only about eight, well, eight shows away. So, uh, 
we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll make that. And uh, one thing I was going to bring up, and I want the fans, to, you know, or the people that's listening, support us, love y'all to death. If y'all don't listen, no feet needs for us to talk. But uh, I've thought of a deal of calling in at certain parts of the, you know, when we got time and throw a question out there. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to the chief, Perry, because uh, the name is going to be really hard. It's it's a good driver. Got a nickname, and I, I maybe start next week. We just throw it out there, and we only accept calls maybe for a few minutes. But I'm, I'm gonna talk prayer about that. But yeah, I'd, I'd like to get some some phone calls in here, and we'll put a little prize with it or something. We'll race him. Well, he's getting something. pretty ambitious here for something that I don't even know what he's talking about. Uh, I do want to mention while um, while Greg is here next week, as I mentioned to. Uh, Brandon Hutchinson from Atlanta is the anniversary of D-Day. In fact, next Saturday is the anniversary, June the 6th. And Bud Moore, of course, as everybody knows, um, landed at D-Day, Normandy, uh, pre-dawn darkness. And we always play on D-Day, and we always will, as long as I'm doing this show, his recollections of that. So um, we will have Bud Moore on the show next week by recording and he'll tell us about, um, it's just a story I've heard a hundred times, and I, and I always want to hear it. And uh, so we're going to play that once a year. And next Saturday is the day. And, of course, Greg will have us another fine guest. And um, Alan will have all the local stuff. So we'll, we'll be a little patriotic next week and honor Bud Moore. And, uh, and what's a heck of, a, heck of a, an event in the history of the United States, the D-Day invasion. That's right. And there's a whole lot of people. Gave a lot over the years and still are to make this the greatest nation in the world. We squabble a little bit. We do this, that, and whatever. But uh, think what they want. We put a man on the moon, done a lot of things. Nobody's over here now but us Americans. Uh, I want to mention this real quick. We only got about two minutes. And I, I don't mean to, to gloss over this at all now. According to my schedule, the Weather Tech Sports Car Championship is running at Belle Isle tomorrow. That is not correct. That is not going to be correct. Okay. So they have put off their next race. They put off, I think, their first race will be July 4th at Daytona. Uh, well, I've got here July 4th at Bowmanville, which is in Canada. Well, so the schedule's I worthless. It's, it's pretty much worthless. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think we're going. They're going to let them boys in Canada right now. Okay. Kind of like our F one series. Well, that's true. It's, it's kind of put on hold. Well, I know. Well, well, maybe we get Mike on, and um, and and find out exactly the status of everything. Indy is scheduled to run a week from today, on June the sixth, D Day at uh, Fort Worth. And the Genesis 600, it doesn't say K, but uh, i got a feeling that's a, a 600 kilometer. I can't believe they're going to let the Indy boys run 600 miles in Texas. Uh, find out more about that next week. Formula One is still on hold. I wouldn't worry too much about them. They're, uh, they're having all kinds of problems. And ARCA not scheduled to run again until the 20th of June at Talladega. Got a minute and a half, Greg. Anything? All I can say, the same like we're getting, things are getting better. First of all, in some places, yeah, it, 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 it's beautiful, beautiful weather here, and you got to have good weather to have good racing. I've always said, and just, just hope everybody just sticks together like we're doing, and let's just get through these kind of ruffle times and stick together and, the distance. Yeah, 
And we'll get through it. All right, Alan. I'm just looking over our picks, and uh, we're going to Bristol Speedway tomorrow afternoon, and nobody in our picks have picked Kyle Busch. Well, I think I think this deal of uh, just unloading these race cars out of the truck and lining them up is kind of working against Kyle Busch as far as racing. I think he's that driver that loves practice, knows how to tune his car in, and come race day, it's fast. But uh, this deal of unloading and running, you're right. It affects some teams like others. And I saw it years ago. We were kind of conservative. When we got to the racetrack, we'd ready to race. Then if we need to loosen up a little bit to qualify, we would. But that's the way uh, Daddy and Bobby Allison done it the whole time. Okay, well, we're up against the end of the show here. we got like 10 seconds. I wanted to tell Natalie to get our table ready at Applebee's. We're on the way. Um, and we will be back next week with a lot more, uh, another great guest and a lot more to talk about on Start Your Engines. We appreciate everybody listening. Of course, you are always welcome to call in. Can't wait to see what Greg has to tell me about. He's got something planned. But uh, in the meantime, keep it between the fences. You've been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. Fox Sports 1400's website is SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. WSP.